Principal Matters Podcast, Encore, Episode 77. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. You can check out all my resources for principals at my website at williamdparker.com. This week, I want to play back for you an encore episode that I released a couple of years ago when my oldest daughter was going to college. Jen Schwanke and I recently did a series on parenting as principals, and that series reminded me of some thoughts I had when my oldest daughter was leaving home. I still have three kids in my house, and you may be a parent principal who's still taking care of kiddos in your home, or maybe you've launched and are experiencing the empty nest. But either way, I shared a podcast reflecting on the thoughts that came to me as my daughter was going to college and four takeaways for parents who may want to consider how to invest deeply in your kiddos so that when they do leave, you can celebrate more than you grieve. I hope this is helpful to you. I hope you're having a great week and thanks for doing what matters. So I want to just reflect today on some of the thoughts that I've been having as a school leader who's also a dad, the thoughts I've had from watching my oldest daughter head off to college, but also some takeaways for those of you who still have kids at home, or maybe your kids have gone and you still are investing in children. But I especially want to talk to those of you who still have children that you're investing in within your own households. And some of the things that I've been thinking about this week that I would love to maybe have done better, but also maybe some takeaways for those of you who want to make sure that you're investing in your kids, just like you invest in your kids at school. I'll never forget 18 years ago when I was standing by the hospital crib when my daughter was born prematurely. Emily was six and a half weeks early. She was a healthy five pounds, 11 ounces, but she was struggling to breathe. So the nurses asked me to push her cart and follow them to the NICU. And here they moved her to a crib with a ventilator and they connected her to wires and leads. And it was the first time in my life where I felt the weight of fatherhood. For the next two weeks, my wife and I spent our days at the NICU or the NIC unit as the nurses called it. And at first we could only stroke Emily or hold her little hands, but then she was able to try nursing. And eventually they gave my wife a room where she could sleep in the same place with Emily at night. And finally, after her lungs had developed enough, they released her home. And it was actually on Thanksgiving Day when we brought her to our house for the first time. And my wife's family had spent so much time out of state visiting us in the hospital, helping us prepare the house for her arrival, that they had all returned to their homes when we brought Emily to the house. And honestly, we forgot it was Thanksgiving. And so when we realized that we needed to eat, I ran out to the store and I grabbed some ingredients for a simple dinner. And we spent that night just basking in the joy of having our baby safely home. You know, during those two weeks that she was in the hospital, the hardest part was actually nighttime, sleeping without her home. It, it's, it's so odd how you can live your whole life without knowing someone. But the moment that you meet a child, the moment that I met my daughter, I could no longer imagine a world without her. And so we had this little CD that we had bought by Michael Card called Sleep Sound in Jesus. And my wife and I would put that in the CD player at night. And we just listened to those lullabies as we tried 
to hold one another, pray for her and think about her as we fell asleep. You know, this week when my daughter went off to college, it was a delight to see her filling the house with her shopping bags and watching her organize her books and her clothes. And the night before she left, we gathered all four of our kids in the living room and had just a really sweet time together. I had bought a bottle of sparkling uh, grape juice and we made toasts to Emily. We talked about memories. We said a family prayer together. And the next day, her mom, uh, my wife, the hero of the day, uh, stayed with her until she was completely unpacked and settled in. We all went down to see her room. We were so proud of her for her uh, full academic scholarship that allows her to be in a college honors program. We were so proud of her for being grown up. But I never imagined how hard it would be to finally see her step into that new journey. And it's a different feeling than I've ever had before. And I think that's why I've been thinking so much this week about dads as principals or moms as principals. I know that she will be coming home for breaks or for long weekends. And I know that we'll have her for the holidays and that we can talk her into going on vacations with us. But there's this emptiness in my heart and in our home this week that I just can't wrap my mind around yet. I've tried to compare it to like when you finish a really good book and you turn the last page and when it's over, you're still wanting more and you find yourself grieving that you don't get to be there for the stories of the characters that you know are going to still be going on. At least you wish they were going on. And I've been having all these memories about her this week, like the nights that we would snuggle in the blue chair and read books or the times that we would play in the kiddie pool in the backyard or watching her play sports for the first time or peeking into her classrooms when she was at school or driving to football games together and seeing her put on face paint and carry her lucky blanket to the games or having her put her head on my shoulder just to be close. One time I asked Emily, what was her favorite memory growing up? And I thought that she would say going to the mountains or Christmas at grandma's. But you know what she said? She said, my favorite memory was when I was little and you would be on summer vacation, dad, and we would lay in the kiddie pool in the backyard and look at the clouds and you would tell me stories. And then there are all the regrets, the lessons that I wish I had taken more time to teach her, the fears of wondering if she's made the right choices or if she'll make the right ones while she's on her own, the places that I always wanted to show her, the vacations that we didn't take that I wish we had. And so it may be too soon in my journey of dadhood to offer advice to other dads, but for what it's worth, I wanted to just share a few takeaways for any of you who are still loving your kids at home, or maybe you've seen yours go off to college too, but I still have three at my house. So here are a few thoughts that as an older dad, maybe someone had told me, and I wish I had listened, uh, that I am going to share today. So here we go. Number one, take time and eat meals together. And I know that may seem old fashioned, but as my life as a dad became busier and busier with school, and as my kids' lives became busier and busier with activities and scout meetings and band events and games to attend, it became harder and harder for us to just unplug from the world and sit at the table for meals. But that's what we've tried to do whenever we can. And so when we've had the opportunities, we've made it a habit in our family to no technology, sit at the table, look at each other, 
eat, and then just talk. And having this time to talk and catch up has been one of the best ways that I have found to stay connected with my kids, even through the busyness of school leadership. So number one, when you can, eat meals together. Number two, read with your kids. Now, I wish I could say that I'm still doing this now that they're older, although there are occasions when we'll read small things together. But for years, we had time to read books together. And when they were little, obviously, it was storybooks. And as they grew, we would add novel reading together. Uh, We've read the Chronicles of Narnia. We've read the Harry Potter series. We've read the Lord of the Rings series and The Hobbit. You know, when you live adventures together through books, you find a lot to talk about. And it gives you something in common to share. And I believe it's just a great time to stay connected with someone emotionally. Uh, Before kids, my wife and I would read books aloud together. And I just think that's another great thing to do with your children. Read together. Number three, build family rituals. Now, I know this is going to be different for everyone, but I just wanted to share some family rituals that we built into our lives that I look back at now. And I'm so glad that we did because it's hard, especially with four children to find time for one-on-one time. So we've built some family traditions in that have captured some special times with each kid. So those are the traditions I want to focus on in this point. And here are a few. Uh, We celebrate what's called half birthday dates. Every kid gets to go on a half birthday date each year. So halfway through their biological year, the girls uh, get to go on a date with dad. Jack gets to go on a date with Missy. They decide what they want to do. We get to spend either an entire afternoon or entire evening just being together. Another family ritual is what we call 10-year-old weekend away. And every girl has had the chance to go out of town with mom when they turn 10 for a weekend and they just talk about life and what is it going to be like growing up. And I've gotten to do the same thing with Jack and it's just a beautiful time and it's a great memory that our kids have had and we've had with them. When they've turned 13, we've done our first date with dad and Jack will get to do that with mom. But this is where we get to dress up, go to a really nice restaurant. I buy them a special necklace Uh, And we just talk about the fact that they're getting older. Someday they're going to be dating. And this is how a man should treat a woman on a date. Or this is how you have a great conversation together. I'm just two people. And so um, I'm not opposed to um, making sure that you are modeling for your girls what it's like to to be treated like a lady. When they've turned 16, uh, my girls have had another weekend away with mom. Um, And that doesn't happen like on their birthday. But during that year... Uh, We've made that special time for them. And I get to do that with Jack when he turns 16. And that's just another touch point for them, talking about getting ready to drive and the freedoms that come with that. And then at 18, we've only had one turn 18, but we've done a special time away, just mom and dad and that child. Uh, We took Emily out for a special dinner. We talked about how proud we are of her. We talked about the goals that she's had for college. All of these little rituals are times where we've been able to focus on the kinds of life lessons that we want to talk about with our kids that don't necessarily always get talked about in the day-to-day conversations, although some of them do come up because I believe that time spent is relationship built. And so as they've been developing as children or teens or young adults, uh, we've talked about everything from setting goals to their faith, to understanding sex, to um, money. And so I just think that those rituals are ways that you can build times into their lives and in your lives that are meaningful. And then the last point I want to make or the last tip I want to give in dads as principles is this, give yourself lots of grace. It's easy to be hard on yourself. And when I think back to all the times where I have disagreed with my kids, 
or the times that we've had crisis or the times that there have been angry outbursts or the times I've simply disappointed my children, it's easy to remember the failures. And especially when you see one go off to college, you think about all the regrets instead of giving yourself a little grace. And so just a reminder that relationships are not like recipes. You can't just mix all the right ingredients together and bake it at the right temperature and you have a guaranteed outcome. Your children are just like you. They are spiritual, they're physical, they're emotional, they're complex, they are complicated, but they're beautifully designed. And it's that's what makes relationships so much more fulfilling and sometimes frustrating than just something that you mix and eat. So let me just encourage you to love them well. And when you don't, start each day off brand new again. And remember that ultimately, God is the one who is control in control of the final outcomes in all of our lives. So let me wrap this up. Last night, as I was getting ready for bed, I was thinking about my daughter who was off on her campus. I had no idea when she was going to go to bed, but I knew that I couldn't peek in her room and say goodnight to her or get a goodnight kiss or ask her about her day. Um, I did send her some texts during the day and we got a little bit of feedback about her freshman orientation. But that that song that I remembered listening to when Emily was in the NICU, Sleep, Sound, and Jesus, is one that's been on my mind lately. So I sat down at the keyboard and I decided to just play that song. And as the music filled my ears and my soul, it was soothing to me, just like it had been 18 years ago. And I'm still whispering those prayers this week as I think about her. And so as I wrap up this week, maybe or maybe not, you're at that stage in your life where you're seeing a kid go off to college or you're watching your child grow and heading in a direction that's new and scary. And so um, as I wrap up this week's podcast, I just want to encourage you to think about those ways that you can continue to connect with your kids, eating meals together reading together, building rituals into your lives where you have time together and giving yourself grace. You know, as you look at the start of your new school year, I just want to encourage you to think about ways that you can stay connected with those who matter most in your life. And so now it's your turn. How can you keep investing time and loving those in your school or on your team while also making time for the ones who you hold the most dear in your families? And if you have some great takeaways, some rituals that you've built, some ways that you've embedded time in your life for investing in your kiddos, share those with the rest of us. Feel free to make a comment in the blog post that accompanies this podcast. But as I close out this week's podcast, I'm actually going to play a little bit of a tune for you because as I was playing around that song, Sleep Sound in Jesus, I decided to plug in my mic and just play that tune. And um, I'm not going to sing it for you. You can look it up. But the, the lyrics to that song say this, Sleep sound in Jesus, my baby, my dear. Angels are watching. They keep you so near. Know for his sake, you'll be safe for the night. Sleep sound in Jesus. I'll turn out the light. There's more lyrics to that, and I'll put them in the show notes if you want to read the post that accompanies this podcast. But as we're closing out, I'm going to let you just listen to that little tune that I played. And if you've listened to previous episodes, you know, sometimes I just, instead of talking all about school leadership, decide to talk about the ways that we need to invest in our lives at home 
so that we have recharged batteries for the way that we want to serve others. So I just want to encourage you. Hope you have a great week this week. Thanks for listening in. And I hope that you'll tune in next time. And thanks again for the hard work that you do because what you do matters. And I'll talk to you soon.